This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. So we continue this morning in our Freedom Series, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, all the way through to verse 15. Last week we understood, didn't we, that we are in Christ. And if we are in Christ, then we are what? We're free. We are free. And as we look and as we draw into this and as we look at scripture we start to understand as we saw that we are free first of all from sin we're free from sin why well because Christ on that cross at Calvary defeated sin and death and he's made a way for you and me back to God As we put our faith and our trust in him, he's made a way back to God through him. That's the power of the cross. That was what Christ came to accomplish. And we saw that even though as Christians, that there are times that even in when we feel perhaps that we're strong, that we put on sin. We put the yoke back on. We bind ourselves back up in the chains of sin. And we make the mess of things. And we said, didn't we, that we have to remember at all times, verse 1, that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And he goes on immediately, stand firm then. And you know, I, I don't know whether you are like this, but there are times, aren't there, especially when I get out of bed in the morning, when my legs don't like standing firm. You know those days, don't you? When you you wake up and they're a little bit like jelly. Often, if I'm up really early, I try not to wake people up in the house. But the problem is, when I step out of bed and you have one of those jelly leg days, everybody's awake, aren't they? You're trying to be careful, you're trying to be quiet, but the legs just won't do what they're supposed to do. And here, this is what uh, what Paul's alluding to. That we've got to stand firm. Let's not be wavering about in our, in our understanding of the word. Let's not be wavering about or flirting with sin, if you like. Just allowing sin in just a little bit. That, that gossip, that lewd joke, those fun things that are great to say because everybody laughs, but we know, don't we, that they're not honouring to God. Those little things that, that we just stick a, a chain back on. Maybe it's only one link. But it doesn't take long, does it, before we're bound up. As we said, as we sweep under the carpet those things, it doesn't take long before we trip up. And as we hunker down this morning again into what the Lord's got to say to us today, we start specifically with verse 1 again because it unlocks the next stage for us. Stand firm. He says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. And that verse carries weight with our next statement. Last week we saw freedom from sin. And this week, well, I like to be a little bit controversial every now and again. This week, 
we have freedom from religion. Freedom from religion. Now, it might sound a little bit controversial to some, but it's the truth based on the very word of God. The very word of God tells me that who I worship, that the God that I worship, the way that I am, the way that Christ is leading us on in this Christian walk, it's not religion. Because if it was religion, that's full of things that I have to do. Things that I must do. Things that I have to abide by. And Christ here says that God tells us that he has set us free. We have freedom from religion. And let me first, uh, let's help us to understand Christianity. So that we can be clear on what I'm trying to say this morning. Christianity is a life lived for God in a relationship with him. Now I know that in my relationship with my wife, that there are times when perhaps we don't see each other for a few days just because life takes hold and we don't have those important conversations. And then when the weekend comes about, we're sort of scrambling to try and get everything in. We've had a lack of communication. The relationship is distant just for a few days and we're scrambling then. Perhaps I've missed something. It's very often that that happens. Maybe I've missed something in conversation and then something comes out to somebody else and Laura goes, an hour later, I told you about that. Did you? Because I didn't hear. Anybody else male got selective deafness? Yeah, yeah, good, good lads. Well done, well done, well done. But, but we, don't, we, we make mistakes, don't we? And in that, in that relationship, I know that we work best when we're communicating. We work best when we're talking. We work best when we're saying, this is going well, that's not going too great, we need to do this. This is what we're going to do this weekend. Because if I didn't listen or we didn't have these conversations, well, I guess I'd be in the garage, perhaps. Me and the lads would be out on the, on the back garden playing football. And lol's halfway to Wakefield, because that's where we were supposed to be going. And this is the same for you and I in our walk with God, that we're in a relationship with him. We have to communicate. How do we communicate with God? We pray, we read his word, we worship him, we spend time in his presence, we sit down and we're quiet and we're still and we know that he is God. You see, it's a relationship because I know as you, as you put your faith in Christ, that we have a heavenly father, daddy, Abba father, daddy. That's not distant. That's a closeness. I know that my boys, they came down this morning to say happy birthday, daddy, gave me a hug and they loved me like I love them. And this is how it works. It's a relationship together that says, I love you. I want to spend time with you. I want the best for you. And this is the difference, you see, between religion and relationship with God. Because God wants the best for us. He loves us. Is that a revelation to anybody this morning? God loves you. He loves you just the way you are. But he also loves you far too much to leave you that way. And as Christ has given his all for us, we have this joy of being in a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. You remember, don't you, that God gave us his very best gift. That's Jesus. He said, here is my best. This is for you. Isn't that somebody that loves you, that gives you their very best, that holds nothing back? You'd expect that, wouldn't you? from somebody who loves you, you want their very best. 
And much like you give your very best for those that you love. Because that's how we work. And God has given us his very best through Jesus that we might have life. Romans 5 and verse 8 says God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Don't you find that incredible? That God loved you. Maybe this morning you still don't love God. God loves you enough, even though you perhaps don't love him. Before I accepted Christ as Saviour, he loved me enough to give his best. He demonstrated his love for me by giving Jesus in my place. But we have to accept Christ as our Saviour. We have to say sorry. How many songs have been written about that word? The one that comes to mind is sorry seems to be the hardest word. But it is, isn't it? Because we don't like to admit that we're wrong. Well, I don't. You're all lovely. But I don't like to admit that I'm wrong. And of course, I have to say sorry because I know that I have sin in my life. And I had to say, God, I'm sorry for the sin that I've done, the sin that I'm doing, and the sin that I'm going to do. Father, I am sorry. Come into my heart and change me. Make me more like your son, Jesus Christ. You know, the simplicity of the gospel is that. That as we do that, that we receive Christ. We're given a new spiritual heart. And we receive the Holy Spirit at that moment to guide us on our way to glory. That one day I'll see my Saviour face to face. That might sound a little bit overconfident. But the Bible tells me that I will see my Saviour face to face. Not because of anything that I can do. Because it ain't dependent on me. And this is why we are not a religion. It isn't dependent on me. It's dependent on everything that Christ has done. Amen? That's never loud enough. You're really going to have to learn this. It's got to be louder. (laughs) But it's dependent on all that Christ has done. I couldn't earn it. I could not possibly achieve it. I couldn't work for it. I couldn't give anything for it. Jesus has done it all. Amen? Jesus has done it all. Christianity isn't do this, do that, get this or that. Rather, in our love for God and in our relationship with him, we hold fast to his teachings and we try to live for him every day. Whatever life throws at us, even Monday mornings, even Monday mornings. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 13 through 15, as I wrap it up in a nutshell if I can, says that Christ's love compels us. His love compels us to live for God. It's not obligation. It's not rules. Rather, my heart says, what else could I do other than serve God wholeheartedly? Look what he's given for me. How could I not give my all back to him? And this is why we understand and we get that it's not religious rules, but rather it's a heart's desire to serve Christ. He has done it all in him and through him. This morning, we can have life. Paul was writing, as we said last week, to the churches in Galatia because they were slipping back into Jewish law and religion as though it might add something to their faith. 
As though they might be able to add something. They might be able to become the elite. In the world that we live in, everybody wants to be the best, don't they? Everybody wants to be the best. I want to have the best ideas. I want to be paid the most money. I want to have the best job. I want to have the nicest car. I want to have the biggest house. And the whole world tells us that's the way to go. You only have to watch advertising for 30 seconds. And the world tells us that we are number one and we should do everything that we can do to become the very best of the best of the best, the elite. And it's almost as though these, uh, these churches in Galatia were slipping back into the idea that they could add something to the freedom that they've been given. They were going around about it and trying to add to themselves, whether it was through circumcision or whether it was through following the law, the Jewish law. They were trying to add to their faith. And church, it's, it's complete nonsense as Paul talks into it. How could you possibly think that you could make yourself better? How do you think you could make yourself cleaner? It's impossible. Christ has done it all. If he hasn't done it all on the cross, then it was pointless. If we have to do something else after that, it's pointless. But God says to us that I've given my best. Put your faith and your trust in him. His grace is enough. We can't add to it. It almost seems wrong that we should think that we could. When we really think about it. That we could add to the grace of God. Being given what we don't deserve. Oh, I can add to that. No, you didn't deserve it. it, it it's ludicrous to think that way. And this is exactly what the churches in Galatia were doing. They were diminishing God's perfect gift in Jesus. And also his perfect grace. And that is tragic. But we have to be on guard, church, because we can easily fall into a similar trap. Again, we might not be falling, as we said last week, into Jewish law, but we can easily slip into religious ways. We can slip into that we do this because we have to. See how dejected I am? I do this because I have to. I wear these clothes because that's what's required of me. I talk this way because that's what I'm supposed to do. I live like I do because that's what I've got to do. But we know, don't we, that the moment that life throws its troubles and trials at us, that all goes out the window. Because if it's not a relationship with Christ, there's nothing compelling us to live that way. So when trouble strikes, you go, I don't want anything to do with religion. What's it ever done for me? I'm not interested in it. It's nonsense. And we slip into this way of life that says, God's amazing. He's left me. God's amazing. He's left me. And the Bible says to us that God will never leave us nor forsake us. He loves you with his whole heart. He wants the very best for you and for me. And he says to us, Matthew, it's not religion, it's a relationship with me. I love you. So let my love compel you to live out your life for me. And this is what the Bible encourages us to do, to live out our lives for him. It's our heart's desire to love and to serve God. Not because we have to, church, but because we want to. And what a difference that is. You know, don't you, 
that if you, we've, we've talked about this before, that even with small children, that if they have to do something, oh, but if they want to do something, it's a whole world of difference. You know when you're trying to get them to be quiet, don't you? Colour this picture in. I want to colour. Go on, colour, you'll really enjoy it. I don't want to. But when they have that desire to go, I really want to colour a picture. Oh, it's impeccable. And this is what we have to get our minds around. That we have to want to do what God has set out for us. They want to live for him. Paul says this in Galatians 5 and verse 6. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Can we just be clear on that? The only thing that counts, as he goes through uh, the understanding that they were wanting to go back into the law, they wanted to slip back into religious ways, Paul says this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That we have faith in God, that Jesus is enough. We have it on our leaflets. If you haven't seen one, how have you not seen it? Jesus is enough. You can't add to that. You can't take away from it. Jesus is enough. That's why we put it on there. It's not a statement from me. It's not a statement from John. It's a statement from the word of God that says Jesus is enough. He is enough to change you from the inside out. He's enough to love you. Even though you may not love yourself this morning. God loves you. And we have to get our minds into understanding that God has given his best for us because he does love us. He continues to give our be uh, his best for us because he cares for us and he wants the best for us. Jesus is enough. And because we're loved, because we know that we are loved, then we live a life of love for him. Because we know that we're loved, we live a life of love for him. And that love is the love that we discussed on Wednesday. If you're an underliner, that love in verse 6 is agape love. That's an unconditional God-given love. It's faultless, flawless. The Bible tells us that love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13. Love never fails. Oh, but I see it fail all the time. No, agape love. Agape that God-given, unconditional love cannot fail. It is impossible. And I don't know whether you know this, but in 1 John 4 and verse 16, it says this. God is love. God is love. He loves you. He loves you. And by his grace, he has given all that we need in order to understand that he has given us the opportunity at life. God's unconditional love. And let me propose this to you. When Paul says this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Let me ask you, what is love? Love is warm and it's all-inclusive. This is that agape love. It is warm. We know it, don't we? It's warm and it's all-inclusive. Let me ask you what religion is. It's cold and it's exclusive. 
And this morning we worship the God of love. And as we put our faith in him, we live in freedom for Christ this morning. Amen? Not because we have to, but because we want to. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for our freedom this morning that we find in and through Jesus. Help us to live out our lives for you. Father, we pray this morning that you might increase our faith. You might increase our love so that ultimately, Father, we might bring glory to you. Lord, we ask all of these prayers in and through our Saviour's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.